0: We look at the top issues in the 2023 Nigerian presidential election. Good morning, Africa, and welcome aboard your pulse and everything business in Africa. I am Ruth For more, follow us on Twitter at the K Financial and you can find me at Ritha Dong. Your main story is brought to you by INM Bank PLC, INM Bank Rwanda. We are on your side. More than half of Nigerians are living in multidimensional poverty, security crisis ranging from insurgency to farmers, herders, clashes to kidnappings and corruption has thrived and checked. And these are key issues that the new president of Nigeria will have to tackle to return the continent's largest democracy to better days in what has been billed as the tightest presidential election since 1999. Pieter Scribant, political economist with Oxford Economics, breaks down the top issues in the 2023 election.
1: The same as in 2015, when security issues were top of mind, um, insecurity in Nigeria has worsened over the past couple of years. There have been attacks on electoral uh, officials. There's also the southern states. There's been um, local traditional leaders that have also been overthrown and attacked as well as a prison break in Abuja um, last year. So Buhari won by carrying the security vote when, uh, votes in 2015 after Boko Haram proliferated and the, the Chibok girls were kidnapped. And this basically allowed the APC to win over Good Luck Jonathan, who was the first president to not win a re-election. Um, But this year, there isn't a specific candidate that's running solely on the security votes. Buhari being a former general. One would have thought that the security conditions of food and fuel shortages, which have led to record high inflation in Nigeria. And we estimate that over the past four years that most goods have doubled in price by the end of this year. And we'll see the third year in a row where inflation is above 17 percent. And most at top of mind, especially currently, is the disastrous introduction of the redesigned Naira. So in late December... Guare's administration and the central bank tried to introduce newly redesigned currency. This was supposed to um, help reduce corruption, prevent um, uh, keep paying for kidnappers, and as well as vote buying. Because typically, prior to the elections, a lot of politicians hoard cash as a way to bribe um, voters to vote for them or electoral officials. So the government really pushed to get the new currency into circulation and essentially um, nullify those big piles of money that have been hoarded by some politicians that want to buy the vote. But the government didn't supply enough money, which led to many fearing them losing all their wealth, unable to buy basic necessities, sleeping outside of banks and ATMs, um, leading to massive cost of living prices. And in the end, the government had to reverse this whole policy of trying to implement it before the election, while also likely suffering electoral consequences because of this disastrous implementation. Moving on, the oil sector, as we know, last year's record high oil prices globally, and Nigeria saw its worst oil production in four decades due to maladministration, as we can see in the graph on the bottom left-hand side. Oil production dipped below 1 million barrels per day for three months uh, in the third quarter, where it was at more than 100, uh, 1.7 million before the pandemic. And this, of course, had caused ripple effects, deteriorating economic growth, preventing the government from expanding um, spending as well as deteriorations in the external balance. More of all, Unemployment remains high, inflation remains high, and the government failed to ensure economic diversification over the past eight years. These policy failures were likely to top of voters' minds and influence their votes. We hope that the next president will be able to improve the situation, but I wouldn't be too surprised if we sit the next to this table and discuss the exact same issues in four years' time.
0: What are the likely scenarios we should expect post-election?
1: There is a lot of uncertainty surrounding who's going to win, but there's less uncertainty regarding some of the other factors. For instance, violence and protests are unfortunately very likely, as in previous elections. Um, There have been attacks on electoral officials, and while votes are being counted and in more insecure parts in the south and in the most northern parts of the country, we could see um, violence increasing and insecurity spread. Protests are also likely if um, the certain region's preferred candidate doesn't win or if a, a presidency goes, this election goes into a runoff as candidates can um, try to spin it as their win was stolen from it. Mm. Um, then regardless of who wins, there will be a lot of policy rigidity. Unfortunately, Nigeria's system is favor, favors um, keeping things as they were and keeps the system as it was 10 years ago so this is why for instance there was a lack in improving things with the oil slump and why problems don't get resolved even after election or even after 10 years with Buhari at the realm. Mm. Um, this is also made worse then by um, the composition of the legislature so even if obi wins, so he's more um, outspoken about changing the system and reforming and everything, he'll be significantly hamstrung by the legislature as they will be uh, dominated by the two main parties. This will completely limit his reform agenda, could uh, prevent him from implementing anything that is of significance, change. Most most importantly, and our first point on this thing, is that a runoff election is now more likely than ever. And it'll be very interesting to see if Nigeria will pass that very important test for democracy.
0: A quick review of the other stories making it into the podcast. The annual inflation rate in Zambia rose to 9.6% in February of 2023 from a near three and a half year low of 9.4% in the previous month on the back of a weaker quarter. Food price growth was steady while non-food prices accelerated, driven by rising fuel and charcoal prices. On a monthly basis, consumer prices advanced by 1.9% in February, after increasing by 2.1% in the prior month. State-owned utility Eskom, which currently imposes 12-hour power cards on South Africans, has appointed a new interim leader after its chief executive, Andre de Ruta. Quit in the wake of a shock interview in which he denounced corruption at the highest level of government. Khalib Kasim, Eskom's current chief financial officer since twenty eighteen and who has worked for the public company for over twenty years will ensure this in the interim. Andre DeRuta, who has led the Scandalidden company for more than three years, was due to leave his post at the end of March, but he resigned in December saying he did not have the political support needed to carry out his mission and fight corruption effectively. He later claimed that he had been a victim of an attempt to poison him with cyanide on the same day. And a quick look at the markets. The Johannesburg Stock Exchange All Share Index lost 2.7%, the lowest in seven weeks after the global watchdog The Financial Action Task Force, which sets standards on combating money laundering and illicit financing, added South Africa to its grey list. The country's in the list are subject to increased monitoring by the FATF on concern that they're higher risk for money laundering and terrorist financing. South Africa's Central Bank and National Treasury both noted the Watchdog's decision and said they would work to address its concerns. Across sectors, basic materials, consumers and technology shares led losses, while energy stocks backed the downward trend and finished higher. For the week, the index went down almost 3%. Thank you for always waking up with us. Good morning, Africa is a product of The K Financial. If you have any suggestions or you just want to check out more stories, visit the website, that is thekfinancial.com. And don't forget to subscribe. You can also find us on all social media platforms at The K Financial. And you can find me at With a